by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That is the mission that Jesus is giving to his disciples. It's the same mission from Matthew 28. He's like, you're going to be witnesses for me. You're going to make disciples. And the way you're going to do that is the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. Now, when we get back into the book of John, in, in, in chapters 14 and 15, Jesus is at the, 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 the Last Supper with the disciples. And he's been telling them, guys, you're going to receive a helper. The Spirit of God is going to come. You see, before Jesus and during Jesus' time, the Holy Spirit was not on the earth like it is now. He, the, the omnipresence of God was there, but the manifest presence of God wasn't there. So Jesus was telling these guys, the Spirit of God is going to come in a way that you have never experienced before. And he's going to help you. He's going to empower you. He's going to teach you. He's going to change you. And that's what he's telling him here. He's like, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you so you can fulfill this mission. And so after he declares this, it says that Jesus was carried up onto a cloud and he ascended back into heaven. And then in verse 12, it says, Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. So Jesus had told them he, before he ascended into heaven and before he gave them this mission, he told them, he goes, I want you to go back to the Jerusalem and stay there until you receive the Holy Spirit. Don't be going anywhere. Don't be passing go and collecting $200. Don't go. And they went back to the house they were staying in. And so they went up into this house, the apostles, along with other people. And it says in verse 14, it says that all these were one accord, were devoting themselves to prayer. So after Jesus ascended, the disciples, the, the apostles, went back into Jerusalem, went into their house. And over the next several days, all they did was meet and pray, meet and pray, meet and pray. And it tells us in verse Nine or 15, that there were 120 people in this house. Kind of think about that for a moment. As we have gone through the book of John, do you remember how many thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people followed Jesus? Followed in quotes. They were like, we, we're going to follow you, Jesus. But here we are when it's all said and done and Jesus has finally ascended back into heaven. 120 people left. Just a small, little, ragtag group of people. Kind of where we're at. I mean, over the past few, couple years, because of COVID, we have lost 60% of our church. And here we are with about 40, 50 people, regular attenders, regular people, just a small, little, ragtag group of people in a small church. But how many of you know it doesn't matter how many people? It's about the power. It's about the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's, that's what brings the change. Let us be changed because it's about the Spirit of God moving. 
And that's what I want to look at from Acts chapter 2. Four main points about when the Spirit moves. And so here's the first thing. When the Spirit moves, I would encourage you to take notes. If you've got an outline, a, a notebook. But here's the first thing that happens when the Spirit moves. The saturation is changed. The saturation is changed. Now look at chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. It says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. The they was 120 people in the upper room in this house. In verse 2, it says, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. That is the giving of the Holy Spirit from heaven now to earth. In verse 3, it says, And dividing tongues as fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, this message is not about speaking in tongues. Okay? In fact, I'm going to be very honest. You know, I've been, I've been in... I've been in, in two different camps, if you want to. I don't even know how to say it. I've been in the Pentecostal charismatic camp. And I've, I've been in the, the, man, you don't even talk in church camp. Okay? The, 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 the very mainline denominational churches, you know, you just whisper in church because we're in God's house. You don't say anything. So I've been in both camps. Well, in my, in my years of maturity and pastoring, I have come to middle ground, okay? And here's what I, what, what I mean by that is these verses, one through four, have come to, I, and I, I believe they have been uh, misunderstood, misinterpreted, and misused. Because what has, from these verses has been birthed is what we say is the, should be the normative in churches. Some denominations, some um, churches believe that what happened here, the Spirit of God being poured out, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, people speaking in tongues should be a normative in the church. Well, here's the thing. What happened here was not the norm. It was an exception. Because here's the reality, even when you read through the book of Acts, of all the ministry that took place, of all the people that would hear the gospel, of all the people that Peter and, the, and Paul and Barnabas and all of the other apostles would preach to, only two more times do you see this happen, where the Holy Spirit was poured out and people spoke in tongues. The word Pentecost there, it says on the day of Pentecost. That word Pentecost at that time was not even referred to the church. It was not about the church. Okay, What we have done is, is we have come to the place where we said, we have said that Pentecost is, is it, it, it transpired with the church. That Pentecost... Um, originated with the church. No, it did not. First of all, the word Pentecost simply means 50. 50th, or a 50th part of, or, or 50th thing in line of. It just simply means 50th. And the reason why it means 50th is because 
Notice in verse 1, it says, on the day of Pentecost. Pentecost was actually a holiday that the Jews celebrated, a festival, a feast. The Jews were required to celebrate three main feasts every year. One was Passover, or the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread were connected. That was one feast they celebrated. They also celebrated the Feast of Tabernacles. That was, they, 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 they celebrated and remembered when the Israelites in Moses' time lived in tents in the wilderness. And then the third feast was this, Pentecost, or the Feast of Weeks. Pentecost, the day of Pentecost, was 50 days after Passover. So 50 days or seven weeks, hence the Feast of Weeks, 50 days or seven weeks, this day called Pentecost landed. And on the day of Pentecost, two things were celebrated. One, they celebrated the first fruits or the offering of the wheat harvest. Okay, so the wheat would have been grown, the barley and everything. They would have gone out and picked it. And on the day of Pentecost, their first fruit, their tithe, basically, they celebrated by giving it to the Lord. And then the second thing they celebrated and commemorated on the day of Pentecost was the Jews believed that back at Moses, after the Exodus, 50 days after the Exodus, the law was given. So the Jews celebrated the day of Pentecost to commemorate, with, this is when we got our law, 50 days after the Exodus. So the day of Pentecost has nothing to do with the church at that time. The day of Pentecost did not originate with the church. The day of Pentecost was not birthed when the church was birthed, the day of Pentecost was something the Jews celebrated since the time of Moses. And it was celebrated every year, 50 days after Passover. That is Pentecost. But the church says Pentecost is when the Holy Spirit came down. And that's when we, we get this movement of Pentecostal, Pentecostalism and stuff, that, that the church now is when the Holy Spirit is moving and people are speaking in tongues. People are doing, you know, um, outward expressions of spiritual things. The day of Pentecost was all about the Jews, not the church. The day of Pentecost was just the day that God chose to send the Spirit. Because I mean, when, when Jesus told the disciples at the Passover, hey, the Helper's going to come. And when he was about to ascend, he goes, hey, in the next few days, the Spirit's going to come. How many of you know that the Spirit had to come on a day? All right? It, it was going to come on a day. Well, here's the thing. The day of Pentecost makes sense because the Jews on the day of Pentecost would sit there and commemorate their law. And the law was given to help the Jews like restrain themselves against sin. The Holy Spirit was given on the day of Pentecost, I believe, 
to contrast the law. Because the law was no longer going to be the standard, but faith was. The law was no longer going to govern how they behaved. The Holy Spirit would. Because the Holy Spirit comes inside of us and internally helps us and strengthens us. It's the Holy Spirit that changes us. So when the, when the Holy Spirit was given on the day of Pentecost, it wasn't so that way we can all start talking in tongues. What happens with these disciples, with these people, had a purpose. When they all started speaking in tongues, it wasn't to establish a norm. When they started speaking in tongues, it was to show God is doing something different. Because here's, here's what you and I got to remember. When, when Jesus was alive and he began to preach, he began to teach, and he passes the baton to the disciples, how many of you know the disciples were up against a lot of different religions? Okay? There was Judaism and all of the, the false gods of, of, of Greek and Roman culture. Those were the three big ones. So if the disciples were just as anybody else and they're trying to proclaim, no, Jesus is the real one, they would have been like, well, what about Zeus? What about Apollo? What about Athena? What about Rams? They would have had all these other gods saying, if your Jesus is the real person, then why is he no different from all the other gods? So guess what God had to do? He had to display what I'm about to do is the real deal. And this is what takes place. Is, is that God falls on these people in such a way that we're going to see in the next point. You cannot. People were like, what in the world is happening? The reality is. These people weren't changed because of who they were. They were changed because the saturation of the room changed. Ten days earlier, so when Jesus ascended into heaven, it was 40 days. Ten days have gone by, and these people have been meeting. And they were praying, and nothing more was happening. They were meeting and praying, meeting and praying for ten days. And then on the day of Pentecost, as they were gathered to go about their daily time, to meet and to pray, God opens up heaven and pours out on them. And if you look at verse 2 again in our text, it says, And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the entire house. You see, the room, the place, the house was saturated by the Holy Spirit. Now, we don't know what day of the week. That may, let's, just, let's just say this was a Thursday that this happened. Wednesday, there was nothing going on in the house. Tuesday, there was nothing going on in the house. Monday, there was nothing going on in the house. Just the people meeting and praying. Just the people meeting and praying. Just the people meeting and praying. Going to the house, coming out of the house. Going to the house. But on this day, the house was changed. The place was saturated by the Holy Spirit and the atmosphere changed. Everything in that place got soaked by the Holy Spirit. 
including the people. The Holy Spirit moved in such a way it saturated everything. The saturation changed. If the Holy Spirit had not shown up on the day of Pentecost, guess what the people would have just been doing? Meeting and praying. And they would have been continued to wait for the gift that Jesus said would be coming. And they would have just continued to meet and pray. But it was on the day of Pentecost, a holiday that the Jews have celebrated for a thousand and some years, comes down and saturates the place. You see, it's the saturation that needs to change. And that's what I believe we need. A saturation. That the saturation of this place changes. That the Holy Spirit moves in a newer way. Now, I'm not saying that means that we're all going to start speaking in tongues. Okay? I'm not saying that. I'm telling you, a lot of people, I have seen enough that makes me shake my head. People have used these verses to say, hey, it's about speaking in tongues and getting weird and wild in church services. It's about barking like dogs. It's about laughing uncontrollably. None of that is this. Thank you. The Holy Spirit moving is not about so we can get weird and wild in church. The Holy Spirit moving and saturating the place is that when we're in here, you're just like, I'm in the presence of God. You see, these people were experiencing the omnipresence all the time. The omnipresence of God is the, is the presence of God that, that just is all the time, okay? The omnipresence of God is in your house all the time. The omnipresence of God is at your work. The omnipresence of God is with you when you're on your lawnmower mowing the yard. It's with you at a football game. It is with you all the time. The omnipresence of God is upon the earth. But the manifest presence of God is different. These people on the day of Pentecost went from the omnipresence of God to the manifest presence of God. This is the presence of God that Moses prays and asks God for in Exodus chapter 33. When God is saying, I'm going to go before you, Moses. And Moses is like, God, you got to go before us. Because if you don't go before us, man, we don't know. And Moses prays one of the greatest prayers. He goes, God, show us your glory. He's like, we need you, God. We need your absolute presence in our, in our midst. It's the same kind of prayer that Isaiah prays. In Isaiah chapter 64, when he prays and he goes, oh God, rend the heavens and come down. You see, Isaiah understood the omnipresence of God, but he's like, I got to move past that. I need a little bit more than that. God, rend the heavens and come down. You see, loved ones, that's what I'm praying is that God would breathe a fresh wind and a fresh fire of spirit among us. Not so we can get weird and wacky and wild. But so that way you, when you come in here, you just know I'm in the presence of God. It is like Moses when he was on the mountain and God says, remove your shoes because the place where you're standing is holy ground. That's, that's what the moving of the Holy Spirit is. That the saturation of this place changes. Just know that you just sense, that you just 
God is here. And so we need to, to be asking and be desiring for the Holy Spirit to move, which will change the saturation. Here's the second thing, which kind of just tail doves right off of point number one, and it's this. When the Spirit is moving, the perception is changed. When the Spirit is moving, the perception is changed. So you have this saturation of the entire house, and you have all these people now speaking in tongues. And Look at verse 5. It says, Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this, at this, this sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered. Because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. You see, that is actually what tongues was back then. Okay, It, it wasn't an aesthetic, unknown, I don't know what you're saying language. These people were speaking in a language they had never been taught. And so now you have people hearing these, these Jewish people speak in their native language. And so he goes on, he says, they, they're hearing them speak in their own language. Verse 7, and they were amazed and astonished, saying, are not all of these who are speaking Galileans? Meaning, aren't these people like from Israel and they're Jews? How are they? And he goes, and how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthenians and Medes and Eliamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, and it goes through and all. But basically it's saying these people are coming from all different areas and they all speak different languages. And yet in a matter of moments, they're all hearing these people speak in their native tongue. In verse 11, it says, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed. The perception of these people changed that quick. They, they, they were just going about their own business, doing their own thing. And then all of a sudden, they start hearing people who aren't from their land speaking their language. And now they're like, Bob, come on here. Are you hearing that? How is that possible? How is it that these people who are Jewish Galileans, how are they speaking in Italian? How are they speaking in, 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 in my time? How are they doing this? And these people gathered and they were perplexed. They were wow. They were filled with wonder. How in the world? And they were hearing the works of God from these people. Their perception changed really fast. They, they, they no longer were just going, going about their own business, but now all of a sudden it's like, we got to listen to what is being said here. You see, I think that can happen in, in, in a church service. Our perception changes. How many of you ever just... You just, how many of you know you can just get into a very ritualistic show up, go through the motions, go home, okay? And maybe even some of you, maybe have, you grew up in church where 
It was just the same thing day after week after. You know, you just open up your bulletin. You, you do your responsive reading. You sing a couple hymns. You do the Lord's Prayer. And you just you go home. And the Apostle Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, he says, there should be a, such a move of the Spirit of God that when the, the, the he, he talks about when everybody's prophesying, but the idea is, and, he, and in verses, in chapters 12, 13, and 14 of 1 Corinthians, Paul is debating and arguing why tongues is not as powerful and as needed as prophesying. And prophesying is, is the, proca- the proclamation of God's word. And so Paul's like, when the word is being proclaimed in such a way, He's like, the Spirit of God is going to be moving in such a way that people's hearts are going to be cut and laid open. And they're going to make a, a, then they're going to make a proclamation. They're going to exclaim something because their perception has changed. They're no longer just coming in, doing their own thing. But when the Word of God is being preached in such a way that the Spirit of God is moving in such a way, their hearts are going to be laid open. Their secrets are going to be laid bare. And they will make this exclamation. God is surely among you. Shouldn't that be when we come? Now, I'm not saying every week we're all going to be like falling on our face and weeping and all. I'm not saying that. Okay, I'm not. Let's keep balance in here. But shouldn't we come in here and our perception changes where we're like, man, it is just sweet in here today. That, That when we're worship, there's just a sweetness in the worship. There's just... My, my desire for 2023, my prayer is, is that you have a hunger to want to be here. Not because it's your ritualistic duty to be here, but you're like, man, I want to go because I'm, God is speaking to me in this place. I can feel, I can sense just the presence of God in this place. Loved ones, I just believe that the past year we have, it's been dry. And like I said, I, I believe I know why. I want to see that changed. And I want to be honest, for me, it, it just, the word simplicity has been on, on, on the tip of my tongue. Simplicity. Now, simplicity doesn't mean like we don't work hard. But we're not working hard to do things. If this is all we have for worship right here, and my wife is the leader, and we don't hire someone for a while, and it's just simple, but it moves you. It moves your heart. You just are just standing there, and you're like, man, I don't know what it is. I just, God, I just want to be in your presence, and you can just sense that, and you just feel that. That is what we will keep doing. Because I want the Spirit of God moving. I don't want us to just keep doing things to be just to do it and just to say, well, we got to do that. No, if we change everything and it just becomes very simple, but yet the Spirit of God is moving, that's what I want. I want your perception to change. I want you to be like, I want to be in the house of God, not so I get my gold sticker, but so I can have the Spirit move. I want to sense that. I want to feel that. I want to be in the presence of the manifest glory of God. And I believe that can happen. I believe we can see that. Here's the third thing. 
when the Spirit of God is moving, the reception has changed. The reception has changed. Now, starting in verse 14 through verse 36, Peter preaches his very first message. You know, one of the things about preaching a message is this. When you deliver that message, you have no idea how it's going to be received. You have no idea what people will do with it. And especially when it's your very first time preaching. You know, your very first message, you're getting up here and you're just like, oh my, I have no idea. Is this good, bad, indifferent? What are people going to, are they going to throw tomatoes at me? I have no idea. I have. And here's Peter, his very first message. And most people on their very first message probably are just hoping just to get out of it alive and hoping that people like, hey, that was pretty good, pastor. Way to go. You know, applaud and give you two thumbs up. And if you can get that, you're probably feeling pretty good. Well, here's the thing. When it's your first message, especially, you're going you're gonna to preach a message that's going to be probably pretty user-friendly. You're going to preach a message that's going to be like upbeat and encourage people. And you don't want anybody walking out on your first message. Okay, so you're not going to preach anything real hard. You're not going to like offend anybody. Peter doesn't care. He's like, I'm just going to throw all caution to the wind, and I'm just going to bring it. And he brings a message about who Jesus is. And he looks at the people that, that have, are now looking at all, you know, seeing all this take place. And he looks at them and go, oh, by the way, you all crucified Jesus. Jesus, who does all these miracles, you put him on the cross. You killed him. And he just goes through this thing, and he's talking about Jesus. And in his closing, he says this on verse 36. Let the house of, and I could just picture this, I'm going, now in my closing, let me just say this. Let the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus, whom you crucified. End of message. Altar call. Now, you would think when he, when you, you, just, you just preached a message that hard and you've accused people of killing the Savior. You would think that people would be like, dude, I'm out of here. I'm not coming back to this church. If that's what's going to be preached every week, forget that. Well, look at verse 37. It says, now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? The reception changed. They received what Peter said. And the reason was is because the Holy Spirit took what Peter said and pierced the heart. It was the Holy Spirit through the word of God. Peter was just preaching God's word. He was just speaking truth. And it was the Holy Spirit that took those words and cut their heart. And the word penetrated that heart. And now you have these people saying, okay, brothers, what do we need to do? And Peter's like, repent and be baptized. Every one of you. And they do. And in that moment, it says that 3,000 people came to know Christ in that moment. Holy cow, what a great first message. I don't know what I would do if I ever preached my first message and had 3,000 people come to Christ. But Peter did. 
the reception was changed. I know we're not going to see people give their heart to Christ every Sunday. We're not going to have baptisms every Sunday. I know, I, 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 I know, real, I know realism has got to kick in also. But I also know, let's believe the reception to change. I do want to believe that hearts will be cut open. I want to believe that your life will change. I want to believe that when people come in here who don't know Christ, that when the gospel is preached just like this, they'll be like, what do I need to do? I, I want to believe that we will see baptisms in 2023. I want to see, believe that we will see people come to know Christ. I want to believe that we will see people come and th that you're inviting people and that people want to come and people come into this place. And they are. They're like, this is different. Man, there's something here. I, I don't know what it is. I've been in churches before, but this something's different here. I can't put my finger on it. I don't know what it is, but I want to come back. I, I want to keep experiencing what I'm feeling here. And I want to believe that we can see lives changed and the reception changed, which leads us right into the fourth thing. When the spirit is moving, the devotion is changed. Look at verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the, the proceeds to all as, the, as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. That is the ultimate change. That is the Holy Spirit moving in our hearts and our lives because our devotion changes. When we truly are experiencing the Spirit of God moving in our heart, moving in our church, guess what? That's going to change us. It's going to change you. It's going to change me. Your devotion will change. These people, man, they were devoted to a few different things. They were devoted to working for Christ because they served each other. They were devoted to worshiping God because they praised Him all the time. They were devoted to walking with God with Christ because all they did was they did it together. And they witnessed. Their lives were a witness. And God kept adding to their numbers. You see, when your life and my life is changing, people see it. And they want to know what, what makes you different. How come, how come you don't act like everybody else? How come you, I, I know what's going on in your life. How come you seem to have so much faith? What's going on? You see, our devotion changes. Our devotion changes to be more for Christ. And so worship doesn't just become a ritual or something I just do on a Sunday. It becomes something I am, that I want to do. Working for Christ isn't something, well, Jim's asking people to serve. I, I better help out. No, it becomes, I want to serve. 
I want to walk with the other believers and, and connect with them so that way their faith can strengthen me and my faith can strengthen them. Not because, well, I gotta do it. No, it's because this is what we do. And then I want to witness. I want, I, want, I want to display Christ in my life. You see, these are things that happen. These, things are, these are the kind of things that should be taking place when the Spirit is moving. And that's what we need, the Spirit to move. But how do we get there? How do we get the Spirit truly moving? Well, I believe we see the answer in chapter 1, verse 14. All of these were one accord and were devoting themselves to prayer. They just prayed. So here's what we're going to do this week, next week. We're going to do this a couple weeks in a row. I've got a microphone up here. I'm going to ask Adam to come up. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up, please. I would like to open up a time of prayer. Adam is going to start us off. And if you want to come up and pray, please feel free. If you don't want to come up and pray, don't feel, don't feel you have to pray right where you're at. But I just want us to be a church this week and next week. Let's cry out to God. Let's, let's have a time of prayer where we're, we're like, God, do what only you can do. Come. We, we sang that song and we're going to close with that song. Come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, we need you. Come. Holy Spirit, breathe a fresh wind and fresh fire in us. Come. God, do a work in us. Come. We can't do this apart from you, God. Come. Holy Spirit, come upon us. Because, guys, we need to see a change. Let us be changed. And the only way that happens is that we see the Holy Spirit moving. And he moves in and out of every, all of our hearts, out of all of our lives. And he's moving in this church. So let's all bow our heads. Adam's going to open us. If you want to pray, please come forward. And when I start to feel like um, it's just slowing down, no one else, I'm going to close in prayer. And then we're going to close with um, the song that we have already sung about come Holy Spirit. So Adam, why don't you open us, please? Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Um, Father, thank you for a new year. Thank you for the previous year. Thank you for uh, the ups, Lord. It's, it was a, uh, there were good times. There were uh, struggles, uh, Father. But through it all, um, the good and the bad, you remain sovereign and you remain on the throne. Uh, we sang a song earlier that said the rock won't move and his word is strong, Father. And uh, that is the truth, Lord. And is. We're thankful for the things that we've learned, Lord, and we just ask that you'd be with us as we head into a new year. Father, be with us individually and in our families and corporately, Father. We, uh, I pray for this church, for the people of this church, that the desire is for the Holy Spirit to move uh, and for us to respond to that, Father God. I, uh, Lord, just bathe us in that, Father God, and, and um, uh, Lord, I pray that we would be faithful um, Lord, just to continue to seek you uh, as individuals and corporately, Father God, that we would continue to uh, 
Um, Lord, just believe uh, and know that you are sovereign and that you have uh, plans greater than we can imagine for us, Lord, whether it is uh, whatever the case may be, Father God. Um, and Lord, I'm just so thankful for that, Lord. So we do pray for, I pray, Lord, for a, a change in the saturation and in the perception and the reception and the devotion as we move forward into 2023, Lord. I'm so thankful for what you are going to do, Father God, uh, and just uh, continue to be thankful that you um, see the big picture when we see a little snippet of things. And, and Lord, so uh, I just, again, thank you for that. Pray for us as we head into this year, Lord, and I'm just so thankful for a time now that we can spend in prayer, and I ask all this in Christ's name. Father, we just thank you for the message that was given. Such a great message that ended with the devotion. Whether we're walking or witnessing or worshiping, Lord, just let us continue to be devoted to you. Your word tells us in so many places that um, it's not about us. And if we can truly fathom that it's not about us, but it's about you and it's about other people holy spirit fell the holy spirit was given to us so we can be a great witness lord within those witnessing lord we have to walk we have to get outside of our comfort zones at time to bring the word of god to people that desperately need it and sometimes we have to preach to the choir because sometimes we need that worship we need that witnessing we need to be walking and we need to be just worshiping you together so as we worship today and every day i just love the message lord what are we going to do in 2023 who are we going to be we should be followers of christ not just fans not just people that that say we know who jesus is but do we know with this intimate level who he is why he came as an infant baby to show us that we can live holy, but that's hard to do when we don't have the Holy Spirit guiding us, delivering us, sharing us, walking with us, talking with us, governing us in our speech, governing us on our jobs, helping us with our marriages, helping us with, as, with our friends, because the Holy Spirit is here to be our helper. So Lord, Holy Spirit, come. I love the aspect when the spirit moves the spirit moves all the time but do we stop to recognize do we have the reception do we understand the perception that it's not about who we are not about what we've done but about what god has done on that cross he died for us he died for me and i take that personally lord so thank you for just an opportunity to pray as a corporate body, just like in Acts 2, they shared everything together, their finances, their time, their spirits, their, their love. Lord, just let us as a church not only be saturated in the, in the spirit, but have a willingness to get to know each other on a better level, not just come to church and make it 
this obligatory thing that we just come to get our, our, our fill, but let us fill others. Even though our cup may not feel filled, but we don't know what our, our struggle, what our circumstance, how that speaks and testifies to someone else. So Lord, let us continue to challenge each other, to love each other, to worship together, and to love each other above all. In Jesus' name, amen. Father God, it is so simple for us to get caught up in our own struggles in our own lives, the storms that we find ourselves facing, Father. And Father, it is so often that we look only at what's going on there within and not realizing how much work you are doing outside of us as well. Father, just like those who gathered together at Pentecost who said, look, they're drunk, only to be told, no, it's so much more than that. Look, they're speaking in our language. They're talking to us. They're telling us the good news. Father, help us to live lives that don't just get bogged down in the muck and the mire, but Father, that let your spirit flow through us, Father, so that not just is our lives enriched, but Father, the lives of everyone around us, so that people say, why do you have joy? Why, in, in everything that you're going through, do you have a sense of peace? And we can say, because of Jesus. Father, help us to be a living testimony, a living prayer, a living praise, a living worship, Father, of you daily, that others would look upon our lives and not say, oh, look, well, there he is or there she is. But say, there's something different there, and I want that too. Father, we know that growth comes when we allow ourselves to be broken down. Just like when we exercise, the muscles have to break down before they can be built up. Father, we turn our lives over to you and ask, Father, just break us down and mold us so that we can be who you've called us to be through your son, Jesus Christ. Father, that in the midst of what the world would see and the enemy would want us to see as defeat, we see your power on display. Father, we pray that through your son, Jesus. Lord, you tell us in your word, and you promise us that when we ask, you hear as your children. And so, and we know that when you hear, that you will answer us. So in simplicity today, God, I pray for your Holy Spirit to fill this place, to fill each one of us. Just as the flames came down on that day, God set us on fire for you, and I thank you in Jesus' name.
Heavenly Father, we have a world that is waiting for you, that is yearning for you, and reaching out to all other things. So I pray that everyone in the house today, that our friends and our families and our coworkers, that when you give us the opportunity, that we would walk through the door and that we would witness for your name. Father, we'd, we humble ourselves before you. Lord, as a church, as the pastor of this church, Lord, we confess that we need you, Holy Spirit. We just don't want to go through the rope motions. We don't want to just go through ritual attendance. God, we just don't want to show up here and go through the motions and to just go home. Lord, we are asking, Holy Spirit, come that you would saturate this place. That, Lord, we would perceive that you're doing a new work in us, that you would breathe just a new life, Lord. Breathe a fresh wind and a fresh fire among us. Now, God, there would be a reception to your word from all of us, and that, Lord, it would change our devotion God, you've got to do a work. We can't, it's not, lives will not change because of programs or people or personalities. Lives will be changed because of power. Power of the Holy Spirit moving in our midst. Jesus, you said that you would send the helper. And so that tells us that you are willing to help us that the Holy Spirit is willing to help us. So here we are. We're praying. We're asking. Holy Spirit, help us. Holy Spirit, let your presence be felt in this place that people, when they come, they would say, God is surely among you. We pray as Moses prayed, show us your glory. We pray as Isaiah prayed, rend the heavens and come down, O God. Father, it seems like we have wandered through the desert. Now bring us to the fresh water. Lord, let 2023 be different than 2020, 2022. Let it be different than the past couple years that we have experienced during this time of COVID. Lord, let this be a new year with a new fresh start, a new beginning. Lord, let us see things that we haven't seen in a while. Let us see people come to believe in Jesus and accept him as their savior. Let us see baptisms taking place. Let us see people who haven't served stepped up to say, I want to serve. And Lord, I pray that we would see people honoring you and giving of their finances, that we would see people, Lord, connecting with one another, that, God, we would see people just lives changing, Lord. And the only way that happens is, Holy Spirit, you come. You've got to come. 
Change this place, oh God. Change the saturation of this place that, Lord, when we come in here, we know we're in your presence. Father, take the simplicity of our worship team now and use them for the glory of who you are to usher your people and take them vertically. And as we go up, that Holy Spirit, you will come down and inhabit the praises of your people. We just lay all this before you, God. We lay our church, our families, our lives before you. We wait on you, God. As Marlene read this morning, we will be still and know that you are God. So, Father, we just thank you for what you're doing. We just believe in you. We ask all this, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Why don't we all stand and close with this song?
rushing like a flood, heaven open up, come, never ending waves, I am swept away, Holy Spirit come, 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 fall afresh on on me, Lord, come. We ask you to come. Fall afresh on me. 